Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 4 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Ryan Dalton. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Ryan Dalton. Yes, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for the Eye of the Future show. And uh, talk about just uh, being excited. Again, I'm like, uh, my name is Ryan Dole, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like every one of you, all right? Like, I don't, I don't have the powers or uh, the, the mental, you know, abilities to read people. And trust me, I've already got a taste of the Lady Fontaine skills, and they are mind-blowing. Uh, Jim Elgin, uh, uh, you know, the fellow co-host, this guy, uh, man, this guy is the textbook of knowledge this is uh, the coolest show I've ever been a part of, and I've, I've done uh, radio shows, and uh, I'm super excited. Uh, we are going to do, for a little Thanksgiving treat, to, you know, to the season, and we are in November, and we're just getting to that Black Friday Thanksgiving goodness. We're going to be talking about gratitude, and we're going to be doing part one of karma, since karma is such, like, the biggest it's a huge topic. I mean, I I, didn't, I thought I knew about karma, but I actually don't know as much as I thought I did about karma. And you might just like be like me, you know. So we're, right now we're going to uh, say hello uh, to a Lady Fontaine. How are you doing, Lady Fontaine? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you? I am feeling fantastic because uh, I'm going to be taken to school and I have my notepad and I'm ready to get an A on my future test about gratitude and karma. <laughs> well, I think you've learned a lot in the past couple of weeks, so we'll see what else you can learn tonight. But I'm excited know, about the show, and I just want I to mention to those um, listeners who um, are used to having Paula open the show, um, if you've been following us for the past, you know, maybe six months or a year, whatever it is, um, she went back to school, and she will be stopping in to visit us whenever she can. But Ryan's on board now as co-host, along with my fellow co-host, Jim Elkin. Jim, you want to say hello? Hello. Hi, everybody. There he is. <laughs> I was, uh, Jim, the legend I'm, Elkin, we like to call him. Try, I'm trying to figure out how to make the applause happen when you said my name, but uh, didn't work. Oh, wait, wait. I can handle <laughs> that. I really can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank There's you. No That's great. We're taking it to the next level. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's of course, funny. just to let everybody the... know, at the end of the show, we will be, uh, you know, having a lucky individual. We will see. All right. But we will also be taking calls if you guys got any uh, karma, which uh, karma stories, gratitude stories. We want to hear it. Give a ring a ding. And uh, let's chat about it. You know, it's always the best when we can all discuss it and not just have us three tell our stories. We want to hear from you. So you just want to give a call and uh, 646-716-9764. And you could also be, I mean, if you get if you get picked, you can get your own very own psychic reading at the end of the show. 
And, uh, man, that is what, you know, that's the cream of the crop. That's like you get your own personal uh, reading at the end. Well, it'd be you. Who knows? You just got to stay tuned and wait till the, the end of the show, and you'll get to hear about it. But right now we're going to talk about the gratitude uh, for Thanksgiving. I had to actually look up, and I'm a little ashamed of myself, but I did have to Google gratitude because I had no idea what it was, okay? Um, and I feel bad about that. Karma, I had an idea. But gratitude, no clue. Can you guys give us a little taste of gratitude on what, what that's all about? Do you want to open oh, you it, wrote, Jim? You, and you, then... looked, you, looked up, you looked it up. What do you think, right? I know, oh, but good. I didn't understand it. I looked it up, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> well, I'm like, I when, need examples. You know, definitions are yeah. one thing, but I need examples, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the feeling that, that comes up inside of you. When uh, uh, one uh, inside of people, I'm not talking about you in particular. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it probably comes up inside of you when when you get so. this when you when someone does something for you that you really appreciate. If someone does something nice for you, they give you. Let's say yeah. someone serves you dinner and you weren't expecting it. You have gratitude. You know you're grateful for the fact that they thought about you and did something for you without being asked and without warning. You know without as a surprise, as a gift, oh. as a blessing. Okay. All right. Like, just okay. like, can I just do an example? Like today, we uh, for dinner uh, we made BLTs for dinner, and my son he gave me uh, the last piece of bacon. Now my son is two years old, and he said, "Here you go, Daddy." And it's like I didn't ask for that bacon. I, I don't know if he saw me eyeballing it. I was eyeballing that last piece, <laughs> and uh, and he hooked me up with it, and uh, my heart got warm. And that's gratitude. I'm assuming that's it. That is that's gratitude. Bam. And, wow. And, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Um, this is something that I have in my book, and I think I mentioned to you guys that I finally finished my book. It's done. Um, it's just being edited right now and a couple of, you know, eyes being dotted. But I talk about two different kinds of gratitude. Um, the regular kind of gratitude, you know, which I call the small g gratitude, is really what Jim was talking about. I mean, things happen in the course of the day that really give us that, that warm, fuzzy feeling that Ryan was talking about. But there's also on my blog an exercise that I wrote many, many years ago. And I think, you know, most people who are listening or that have read anything about self-help or gratitude know that people say make a list, make a daily list or even a weekly list of things that you're grateful for, even if you're repeating the items on your list. You know, it's helpful for us to start sort of reframing our brain to see how lucky and fortunate we are because my theory in life is the more things we're grateful for, the more things the universe sends us to be grateful for. So if we can maintain that state of gratitude, even for, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 minutes or an hour or a day, that's going to set in motion um, the ability for the universe to send in more things for you to be grateful for. But I do want to make mention of the capital G gratitude, which is different. That's this automatic autonomous kind of feeling that happens when you do inner work. And it doesn't matter what kind of inner work you're doing, if it's through meditation, if it's through, um, you know, emotional healing, whatever it is. Um, I believe that as you peel off those layers and you really start getting down to the core issues and you start shifting that energy, there is this natural form of 
gratitude that just sort of emerges. It sort of comes, I always feel it's sort of coming up from my solar plexus into my heart chakra and just sort of overflows. And I've had a lot of clients who have done coaching with me and they say that they tell me that, Oh my God, I I have this feeling of overflowing gratitude. And that's what we call the capital G gratitude. It's different. It's not the kind that you think about or that you plan or that, you know, you want or anything like that. It's just this natural autonomous kind of gratitude. So that's my definition, Brian, of gratitude. Ah, very nice. And Jim, that's uh, the same with you? Um, well, I, I I think there might be some other words for what the, the, the big G gratitude. Um, uh, it's, it sounds a little like epiphany or, or, yeah. or grace. Uh, yeah. what, what Christian authors a lot of times will call grace. It's that, that feeling of connection with all of the, the whole universe. Yes, and the uh, amazing part of it is it lasts. Like, you know, when you, when you make these lists of gratitude or you're kind of, you know, pushing yourself to feel grateful, that doesn't always uh, last. This autonomous right. thing just puts you on cloud nine and can last for days, weeks, or forever if you're lucky. Uh-huh. So, I mean, so like so, gratitude kind of goes hand in hand with the karma, like gratitude, like he gave, like, again, my son, he gave me the piece of bacon and he's a, he's an angel for it. Now, is that like, now he did a nice thing. Now, isn't karma like if you do a nice thing, you get a nice thing, hence it's same in reverse. You do a bad thing, you're getting a bad thing done to you. Yeah. That's, so that's, gratitude that's, karma, they go hand in hand. They're holding hands together. Well, um, karma, karma kind of impacts everything. That, uh, but uh, gratitude is is uh, your reaction to someone doing a good karma thing to you. So, in that case, uh, perhaps, perhaps. So I feel the gratitude, um, and they're getting the karma. So everyone's fucked up if you just be nice to people. Yeah, and and, yeah, and your appreciation can also be karma too. Um, but before we before we move on to karma, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, I found a quote. Uh, uh, Tony Robbins says that uh, 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 Tony Robbins is a big motivational speaker um, uh, for years and years and years, and uh, uh, he has a really great saying. He says that when you're in gratitude, you cannot be fearful, and you cannot be uh, uh, angry. Those those emotions can't work together. Gratitude kind of makes anger and fear go away. And uh, uh, so if you want to conquer these emotions, that is, I don't know what conquer them, but at least if you want to help them to, uh, to move into a new, new place, uh, you could train yourself to, to go into gratitude. Uh, that's, that's his way of looking at it. And, and it, it's, it's useful because uh, um, bringing yourself, if you find yourself in a very fearful place, if you find yourself thinking a lot, at night, for example, and you can't go to sleep because you're worried about something, um, find someone that's done something find, you know, in your mind. Find someone who's, who's done something you're really grateful for, like someone who's really been an important influence in your life. Maybe it was a high school teacher or a junior high school teacher or a parent or a cousin or an uncle or something, and, or a friend even, and, and focus on that person and the nice things that they did for you and what it was like for you and, and and your relationship with that person, and that'll help to make all those fears calm down. I really do like that. I mean, I'm sort of absorbing what you said, Jim, 
Um, yeah. And it's true. You really cannot, if you're in a state of gratitude, I was feeling the energy of gratitude and that, that, you know, minus fear and anger or hurt or sadness. I mean, all those emotions when you're in a state of, when you're in a true state of gratitude, I think that's the capital G gratitude. Um, okay. All that, all that stuff is, you know, is, is not there. I mean, to me, gratitude sort of resonates at the same frequency as love. You know, it's just the most euphoric kind of feeling in the world. Uh-huh. True love, anyhow, is. Gee, silence. What do you guys think of love? <laughs> oh, we have to do another show. <laughs> I'm blushing right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just caring about love right now. Well, I'm thinking of a different kind of love, you know, the universal love, which is different. Oh, that it's love. Radiating, yes, it's radiating at a different <laughs> frequency. And that's a frequency of peace, of gratitude. I think, Jim, you from a Buddhist perspective would probably see it more as, what did you used to tell me like 20 or 30 years ago? Like Loving you watch kindness. a flower grow or something, you know, it's like it, you, you're just in the state of uh, what, nirvana? Uh, so, uh, uh, satori is the word that the Zen Buddhists uh, use for it. Uh, it's 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 where you lose yourself in in your observation. It's, it, it, you become so more wait, more the so, observer than you become the individual. But are you still aware? Oh yeah, you're aware of 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 what what you're seeing, but you're you're kind of lose contact with everything else in, around you when you're when you're in that focus. Well, I think that in that's the that to me is being in the observer mode. Is that really different than what you're describing? Um, it doesn't have to be. Uh, the, the, Dan Millman uh, uh, wrote a book. Uh, oh, I remember, I remember him. Oh, yeah, I remember he, him from like thirty years ago. Yeah, he wrote a book called No Ordinary Moments. That's the name of the book, and uh, he describes Sartori as this experience. If you were to take your keys and go outside and throw them really high up in the air. While your keys are coming back down, you're getting ready to catch them. You're in Satori. Because oh, you can't pay attention to anything. You're locked into it, yeah. And nothing else can get get in. But you also, you disappear because the only thing important is those keys. Right, right. I see what you mean. You, you disappear mean. too, yeah. And that's that's kind of like what they call a taste of, of enlightenment. Just a taste. To be able so to be that moment. From a Buddhist An standpoint. An appetizer, if you will. I like yeah. That. Right. <laughs> but uh, from a Buddhist standpoint, then, then enlightenment is free of de- detachment. It's free of attachment. Um, that's part of it. Uh, it's the ultimate uh, result of being free of attachment because you lose attachment for yourself and any everything else. Then, then all those things kind of merge into something else, and and uh, and whatever you know, they they aren't a, a source of anxiety. They aren't a source of reaction of any sort. Uh, um, your 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 identity no longer is with your body. Your identity is with just being the person, being the observer in in that sense, just being in that place. So, so you're not really it isn't sitting, necessarily it, it isn't necess- 
sorry, it isn't necessarily a piece of place of joy and happiness and running around and 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 everything. But what it is is a place where you realize afterwards that, that you're just playing a game when you're when you're living this life. You're just well, playing I a game. Well, I believe that anyhow. I always say but you that can believe I really it, but believe. this is this isn't believing it. This is knowing it. This is living experiencing it. it. This is living there. Right, that's yeah. living it. But I think we're yeah. doing that anyhow. We're just not aware of it because I believe well, yeah. that we're really we're really up in spirit, and you know we put on the. Uh, virtual reality headset and type in, okay, in this lifetime, I want to deal with blah, 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 blah. You kind of write it all out. You press the buttons, you know, there we are. Um, But But we we don't realize that. We should really do a show on enlightenment different because there's different views on what enlightenment is in different religions. And it would be kind of fun to explore those. Oh, absolutely. uh, I would like to do that. See how that works. I'm gonna to have to Google that because I don't know what you're talking about. But I will, I will get the definition and then I will ask you for an example. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll save that Sounds one great. for an upcoming show. I think that's a good idea, and maybe sometime yeah. around New Year's, I would. I think that would be a good time to do a show on enlightenment. Um, but, go. but. You know, tonight with karma, I think there's a lot Ooh, for us to talk time. about because, right. I mean, you know, what is karma? I mean, I always think of it as this cause and effect kind of thing. And I remember, Jim, you and I talking about this 25, 30 years ago. And I remember the example that you gave me was, you know, you throw a pebble into a pond and you see that ripple effect and mm-hmm. that pond hitting the water, that ripple effect is all the things that that pebble hitting the water causes. So for me, in simple English, it's like cause and effect. But uh-huh. from a Buddhist standpoint, can you give us a little bit more of an explanation? Sure. The, the word karma is a, is a uh, Sanskrit word from the Indian subcontinent. Uh, uh, it originated like in the, in, with the Vedantas and yoga and stuff like that. Uh, when they were this the, the esoteric teaching around all of those religions, and uh, uh, the word karma literally means action, and uh, so there's actually a pair of words, karma and phala, and karma and phala are two uh, 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 intimately related ideas. <clears throat> karma is, of course, action, and phala then would be reaction. Um, uh, and the idea is that every time you do any action in the world, there will be a reaction. And it follows the exact kind of thinking the way modern physicists work on the same two words, that every every action will receive a reaction. So if you throw a ball on the surface of the earth, the physicist will tell you that the the effort, the action of moving that ball away from you is actually forcing you and therefore the whole earth to move the other direction equal to the amount of energy you put into that ball in order to blow it forward. Um, an, an example that I remember from uh, some of the space movies is if you're, if you're floating around in space in a spacesuit and you need to move in some direction, you can take a tool and throw it the other way, and that will force you to move in the direction that you want to go. So that's an example of, of action-reaction. And uh, karma... Uh, uh, is just the spiritual application of that idea of action and reaction. And so uh, most of the time, karmic things are what happen in your life as a result of previous actions from this life or other lives. Whereas uh, uh, 
so so uh, I had a teacher who told me that if you uh, want to know what you were in your past life, look at what kinds of things are happening to you in this life. So if you're getting lots of luck, if you're winning the lottery, things like that, it means that you were probably a very generous person in the last life, and that's coming back to you, okay? Um, on the other hand, if you find you can't get anywhere, you're probably someone who created a lot of problems for people. <laughs> if oh, every man. time so you come to a I, life, I start it's red. People money now. So guaranteed next life I'm going to be loaded. That's what you're saying. <laughs> That's the idea, yeah. So so I guess my question on all this, yeah. because I, I, I'm, I struggle with karma at times. Mm-hmm. Like I think the more of the new agey perspective is, that karma in a way is a limiting belief because it sort of controls us where, you know, I very much believe that we're, cre- we're the creative creator of our own destiny. However, uh-huh. you know, I mean, I, I do kind of still believe in karma. Um, uh-huh. But is there a way to change your karma? Let's assume that life isn't going the way you want it to go. Um, and in this lifetime, let's assume you are learning your lessons and, you are changing. Um, you know, like, like, is there a way? Is there a way to really change your karma in this um, lifetime? Yeah, there is. Um, what do you do? Uh, the, the, the trick is this. Uh, think of karma like a bank account. You've got good karma bank account and bad karma bank account. Okay. And, and when you do good things, good things go into your big good bank account. And when you make mistakes, I'm sorry, when you do bad things, not when you make mistakes, and you do things you know are wrong, then you're putting karma into your bad bank account. If you want to make it so that, you're, so that you get good things in this life, you want to put a lot of good things in the good account. That way, all you, can, all you have is like this huge balance of good karma and no, or, you know, minuscule amount of bad karma comparatively. So it's all a matter of relativity. So in Buddhism, are there, mm-hmm. from from what I remember um, from some of the books I've read way back, um, <clears throat> aren't there like three universal truths in Buddhism? I don't remember what they are, but something about uh, everything is changing or something. And I don't really oh. remember do you could you tell us what those three universal truths are? Uh, do you know them? Yeah, I, I I don't think it was three. I'm trying to remember the exact grouping of the teaching that you were thinking because of. Because there was think, something in that that makes me think that everything there was that, a is, need to that is that is to change everything karma. that is created is destroyed. Everything is impermanent. Everything's born and dies. That kind of stuff. Yes, I, the impermanence I remember, but I think there was like the second one or the third one made me think that there was a way to change it, to change mm-hmm. karma. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I thought you would know. <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I'm not cluing into the thing you're talking about, but, uh, but I do remember that there was, a, there was a teaching about impermanence that that you, that you kind of touched on, so I figured that's probably what you mean. Well, uh, but there's uh, a lot of a lot of n- numbered teachings in Buddhism because that's used as a memor- memorizing uh, aid, the mnemonic, to make it so it's easy to memorize these long lists of things that you have to remember. Um, but I don't remember that one. Oh, that so one striking the, me. the other day I was um, 
fixing breakfast for my dog, and um, that, a Tommy Lee Jones movie was on. It's an Oliver Stone movie called Heaven uh-huh. and Earth. And I only uh-huh. caught the end of it, and I have seen the movie in the past. And um, she, she, one the the wife of Tommy Lee Jones was a Vietnamese woman and um, her father was a Buddhist. And I, I guess Vietnamese Buddhism maybe is different than um, Hindu, the Hindu version or traditional Buddhism. I'm not sure, but he, he actually made a comment that really resonated with me. And the comment was, and I don't, I don't remember it exactly. I, I think I was look, actually looked up the script. I might have it on my phone, but um, it, it, something to do with you know sort of what you were saying before about being in the observer mode basically what he's saying is you know let that karma play out you know watch it observe it but don't get attached to it and don't allow yourself to have an emotion about it and Mm -hmm. you know I'm going through the loss of someone who was very um, important in my life and I'm very attached to the loss and Mm -hmm. I know that that's that those words were for me to hear at that point, right. you know, but I'm not quite sure how you do it when you're dealing with grief or you're dealing with the loss of someone that you love. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, there, there's a, a movie that, uh, uh, called Kundun. It's, a, it's about uh, the Dalai Lama uh, in his early life when he was growing up in Tibet and uh, uh, his father died, and his teacher, because they had already recognized him as the Dalai Lama at this point, his teacher tells him, remember the teachings that, I, that we gave you, remember the view, and the view is looking at the world through the lens of the teachings, and the teachings, of course, are not to be attached and, and not to, not to uh, uh, try and connect, create that kind of connection, and it sounds very similar to what you're saying. Um, and so when the Dalai Lama went in to see his father's body, um, he maintained this, this perspective that said, you know, this is just a body. He's not there. Uh, he's moved on to his next life, to his next, uh, his karmic future. And, and I will say prayers for him, but you know, there's, uh, there's no loss and no gain. He's no further away from him than he was before. He's just, you know, in a different state now. And and uh, and that helped him to to walk through that experience without creating the attachments that would that would create bad karma for his future, perhaps. Well, in, I in actually, your friend, go ahead, finish I, what you were going to say, and then I'm going to I'm going to read to you the actual words from the script in the movie, which oh, basically said just yeah. what you said. Okay, um, because because uh, uh, the the. The establishment of karma is really how you react to things. It isn't how whether it's universally correct or not correct. It's actually your own awareness of whether what you're doing is correct or not correct. And that doesn't mean I'm talking about not talking about beliefs, but I'm talking about you know deep inside. So you might you might think that uh, that uh, speeding is okay, but deep inside you know it isn't. And every time you see a cop, you slow down. You know it isn't right. <laughs> You're breaking so the that's law. bad karma. Uh oh. Yeah. That explains oh, yeah. a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're doing something wrong, and you're doing it anyway. So you know you're just Gee. doing bad karma. Yeah, that's true. If you do slow down for a cop, but I did find mm-hmm. I do have the script in front of me for Heaven and Earth. It's Here a 1993 on. movie, 
And mm-hmm. um, this is this is what uh, the father or grandfather, I think it was the father, said. Um, I'm just trying to look for the important part. If I show you a sure. tiny baby killed by a bayonet and say it is his karma, we may cry for the baby for his karma and the bad karma of the soldier who killed it. But we must never use our emotion to deny the wheel of incarnation that caused the act. It is a nat- it is as natural as the movement of the sun and moon. So how do how do we apply what I just read? And like I've even said about the loss that I've experienced, because of how everything played out, I knew it was yes. destiny, and I believe that nobody goes before their time. But how do we use this? And I do believe in incarnation. And let's assume that I buy in 100% on karma, which I'm not sure of yet. But (laughs) how how do I – but we must never use our emotion to deny the wheel of incarnation. And obviously, Mm -hmm. no one's going to incarnate unless they die, you know, reincarnate unless they die. So how do we do that? That, to me, is a mystery. Well, the – the, the 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 karmic effect of your emotion wouldn't be in the grief; it would be in the anger. Oh, the anger okay. towards the soldier that killed the baby with the bayonet. Got it. Okay. So the, grief the, ba- okay. The, the grief, yeah, grief is a re- reaction is is a result of love. If it's if it's not if it if it's a place that you don't go to dwell in, that's a different problem. But that's a psychological problem, not a karmic problem. If you go to live in grief because you just want to be there and and you feel like being you know uh, morose, uh, you know always grieving, then then uh, yes, you will. You, you're not impacting your karma in any way uh, or very mi- minorly, but what you are doing is you are you are creating some really intense mental problems for yourself. Well, and you're going to be manifesting more grief for yourself because that's the oh, energy yeah. you're sending out. That's right. That's so right. I get that. But the, yeah. the being able to, you know, never use our emotion to deny the wheel of incarnation. That Yeah, well, that's it. That, that's because it, your, your anger towards the soldier is denying the wheel of incarnation. The wheel of incarnation is saying uh, you, you have to die. And whether you die as a baby or as you die as an old man, it doesn't matter. You're going to die. It's the wheel of incarnation. It's the wheel of becoming physical. There's everything born dies. So the very fact that you're alive means that you're going to die. That's it. Right. I get um, that. I so if you deny that, that you're, you get angry. If you deny that, you're getting angry at the guy who caused the death. And if, even if it's, you know, the angel of death or if it's some guy with a bayonet or some, some guy with a, you know, terrorist with a bomb or whatever, indiscriminately killing uh, it's still something you can get angry at, and that anger becomes a real karmic link between you and that person, and that turns into bad marriages in future lives, or you know, children hating their parents, or killing their parents, or you know, all kinds of different ways that that can show up in future as to you know why you got angry and and how to how to reverse that. Um, so so uh, I, that's what I get from that from that. Teaching is that uh, don't don't uh, don't let yourself get lost in anger because that's going to create a really bad future for you. Well, there was another um, section, or you know, mm-hmm. he kept on talking, so there was something yeah. else, and I pulled it up in the script as well. 
Um, and I'm not going to read all, but, you know, apparently they were divorced yeah. and he raped her and all this other stuff. So he talks yeah. about all that. But then the, uh-huh. the grandfather, I think, or the father is talking and he goes, um, if you divorce, you will only have to come back and work it out again. The path to, nirva- to nirvana is never being safe, but tricky and steep. And if you walk only on sunny days, you'll never reach your destination, which I think is profound. It mm-hmm. truly oh, is yeah. profound. And then it says, mm-hmm. choose well, my peach blossom. And that was basically mm-hmm. the end of it. But I believe, right. you know, in the challenges that we have, as long as we get that growth and, that you know, awareness, and like you say, don't get stuck in our grief or anger or, sadness or whatever the emotions yeah. are that are attached to any of this negative stuff that right. happens to us. But you said something that to me was quite profound um, uh, just a couple minutes ago. You said it's not what's happening. It's our response to what's happening that that's, right. that, well, that's part of resistance. But mm-hmm. so Karma is karma. I guess it's us who decides if it's bad karma or good karma, because I think a really evolved, enlightened person, if they're dealing with bad karma, I don't even think that's a possibility. But if they were Mm -hmm. dealing with bad karma, they would think nothing of it, right? Yeah, right. They would just, this is part of the process. The story of the Buddha, he's walking down the street and he sees this this, uh, thorn uh, traveling, moving back and forth, trying to get underneath his foot, and so he finally just steps on it. And one of his one of his students says, "Why did you do that?" He says, "Well, that was that was some karma left over from when I when I did something really, you know, something in a in a past life where I killed a pirate that was going to kill a thousand you know, future Buddhas, and uh, I, I wanted to take that karma of killing him instead of him having the bad karma of killing all those other people." Oh and, my God! And, yeah, and uh, and. That's quite a, quite a teaching. Uh, it's pretty cool, um, but that's that's kind of what you're saying. And yeah, they they would they would see it as an opportunity, as a way to help other people not have to go through that kind of suffering. Well, go ahead, Ryan. What were you going to say? I mean, I got karma questions. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> go going ahead. to school well, and I'm, I'm, well, I'm learning. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. We're we're hogging the whole show. What can I tell no, you? No, no, no. We're going to school and I'm learning. You know, that's I'm, I'm taking this with me. You know, now I'm going to be a smarter man. You know, uh, I mean, I got two. One's like a mini, you know, karma thing, and then one's like a, a big karma thing. And you guys got to verify if it's real karma, if it's fake karma. That's what I got to know. Now, uh, the the small karma, the mini karma is. I'm not gonna lie. You know, hopefully my manager's not listening. I told him about the show, but uh, four days ago I called out sick. And side note, I wasn't. All right, and I feel bad about it. I just wanted to hang out. I wanted to watch some movies, and I didn't want to put on my you know work outfit. I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to stay home. And uh, I fibbed. I told him that I was uh, really sick. I told him that I was throwing up. I did the whole enchilada. And uh, you know, <laughs> two days later, and I haven't been sick in forever, you know, and two days later, boom, I done got the bug, and my head is killing me, my nose, I can't get air up my nose, and, um, you know, I'm coughing, my throat is sore up the wazoo, like, is that, is that karma? Did I get hit with it, and I didn't even know about it? Are you throwing up? Uh, I was not throwing up, you know, but, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe that was, maybe the Lord saying you're going to get punished 
but we're not going to make you uh, spew what's in your belly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would that would be a, a good example of very very you know of almost instant karma uh, of, of you getting a reaction karma. immediately from Why an would karma come after me? Because I did. I mean, we all did. <laughs> Why is karma targeting me? Well, karma it may not just be this film. Everything. <laughs> Always. I, what, I didn't do anything to karma. karma. Why did you come after me like that? You can't karma say karma. karma. You remember, uh, remember the words that, that remember the words that he used about the about the uh, the wheel of incarnation. How it's impersonal. Karma yeah. is impersonal. It, it isn't a, a person out there doing this to you. It's it's just happening. It's just yeah, but it if, knows. If, you know, it's, if something it's if something goes this way. It look, I look at it this way. If something could go this way and something could go that way, karma might move it that way instead of this way. So you might, you know, make one choice over one choice wrong over getting the lottery, and that's karma. But you know, the, the thing that moved you, maybe perhaps it was just really very, very, very uh, tenuous moment, cause and effect at this point. It could be a very small cause that would have a huge effect, and it could it could have been something as simple as that. So it might have been many times when you lied, and they all came together to make you have a cold. Oh my God! Well, and I on the other hand, it, I'm not going to lie. It could be a blessing because then you got even more time off. And you no, probably I got the rest of it needed. Because I just called out. I can't do a double call out, you know. Uh-huh. And you got the rest that you really needed. Yeah, but people could be sick for more than a day. But oh, yeah. what I would I've been say going on is, two days, but I've been going to work. You know, I feel. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do like another call out and be like, oh. I'm still sick, even though the day before I was fine, now I'm sick again. They would know I'm lying. Well, now you're really sick, so you wouldn't be lying. Now I'm but... really sick, but I don't want to tell them I was lying before. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're still they sick. They won't like that. But, My boss don't like but, that. But, Ryan, I would think that you predicted the future. That was actually a psychic <laughs> prediction. If I did it, I would say, mm, I knew it was coming. That is the coolest way to say that I got sick. I predicted this, you know. Yes. That just sounds <laughs> cool. Yep. Wow. What's your big question? What's your big question? karma question? All right, now, now we're going real deal. Now this is a real deal. This is a dirty question. All right, this is a real deal. Okay, now uh, <laughs> my dad, all right, and a lot of people don't even know this because this is the first time I've ever hosted the show, but my dad, uh, you know, he passed away about like two years ago, why not? And he always said, you know, uh, I always remember uh, him saying it, that he always wanted to live to the age of 72. He always wanted to be older. He always said that he wanted to pass away uh, older than his dad died. He always said his dad died early, which was like, I think, 72. He said he always wanted to live past 72, older than his dad, whatnot. Now, my dad, uh, he was, you know, he... Uh, you know, uh, my parents got divorced. My dad, he was a dirty dog. I'm not going to lie. You know, we're going to keep it real. This is what the show's all about. And right. my dad, he done cheated on my mom that time. Yeah. And, you know, um, my, you know, they got the divorce and all that stuff. And my mom always told me he was a horrible person. But I always saw my dad was cool. He didn't do anything to me particularly, you know. Uh, but he got, you know, he got sick and whatnot. And he died at 71, and he always said he wanted to live past his dad's age at 72. Now, uh, is that karma because he was such a horrible husband that he did not make it past the time he always said he wanted to because he treated my mom so bad? Boom, let's play with that one. Well, let what me answer think, that. Let me go first, and then I'll let you yeah, give your you more 
uh, accurate. Because I'm thinking that's karma. You were a bad man. You didn't get what you wanted. Boom. No, that we can't. You know, we. I believe nobody goes before their time, and it would be wonderful if you want to live to be a hundred. That you just say, "I want to live to be a hundred, and magically it happens. It doesn't work that way. That was something that he wanted. If you look up the word "want" in a dictionary, it, it the meaning is lack of. So we never get what we want, and that's actually the wrong approach to be able to. Um, you know, sort of manifested, but I don't believe karma had anything to do with when he died. I just believe that was his expiration date. That's when his time was up. But oh, so karma doesn't but, play with death. Karma is just with like luck, if you will. No, well, actually, no, there's just, something I do want to talk about regarding karma and 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 because what my well, let me let me throw this out. My understanding of karma is that if we do something bad, it's the intention, not just the action. Is that true, Jim? Well, they they have to do with each other. Like I just the story I just told you about Buddha, he he did something bad with the intention of saving those people. And so his intention of saving those those people made it so that he actually did something great. At the same time, he still did something bad. So the karma that he got for killing the, the pirate was minimized, and the karma that he got for all the uh, the good uh, deed behind what he was, or the good intention, was, was immense. So where I'm headed with it, though, is in the situation if, God forbid, you're in an act, someone's in an accident, and, you know, uh, somebody dies or something like that, but it wasn't your intention to hurt that person – is that uh-huh. still karma? And if so, is it sort of weighed in the same way as, you know, if you said, I'm going to kill this person and you go out and murder yeah. them? You know, well, is, how it is would, it weighed yeah. and how does that work? It would be different. Um, what, what would happen if you had an accidental situation that, that impacted you? It would be a play out of somebody else's karma, the person who killed you. Uh, okay. And your karma, your, your your relationship with that person, and and then if you get angry at that person for killing you, then you just repeat the the the, the karma. So you create a, a new karma, which is you know, your your anger at that person is going to create an opportunity for you to get back at that person. So you could be a, you could have this killing relationship going on for a lifetime after a lifetime. Right, that I know. So, but it's more what I was curious about is um, is are there it's kind of like, are there different levels of karma? So like, obviously, you know, you, you know, if you accidentally kill somebody, you didn't intend to kill them. But if you, if you intended to kill somebody and you do, um, like a drunk driver, I'm drunk, I'm driving home. Right. I and smash a dude riding his bike. Is karma coming right. to I see. So but you're doing an action for, by drinking and driving, which has a karmic impact, sorry, has an impact that'll have karma. Right, because you're doing something stupid, you know that's them. dangerous. But you, but you knew it was dangerous to drink. I had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's becoming personal. <laughs> you sounded so guilty. <laughs> man, I was sure, man, because I keep coming up with my karma questions. For the people that don't know, we do like a rehearsal of this show, and I had a bundle of karma questions, and I thought the dad one was a super karma question. Like, it was guaranteed that is karma. And then still, that's not karma. 
But I want to talk well, about your dad is. for a minute. Wait, Ryan, I want to talk about your dad. First of all, what's his first name? Because I'm picking up an energy, and I want to, I want to tell you what I picked well, up. Well, now he probably hates me because I ratted him out on the air. <laughs> so now you're getting a bad energy, and I'm punished. No, I don't <laughs> have a bad energy. You can still me from I the red. I do see well, red to... all around him, and red is the color of anger. But I have a feeling the red has something else to do with something. Um, what, what, first of all, what is his first name? His first name is Tom. Tom. Tom, Thomas, you know, either or, you know. So what, what, what's this fascination with red? Was that like his favorite color? Um... You know, I don't know if that was his favorite color. Uh, there were some outfits. Yeah, I, I used to uh, like make red movies, shirt. and he was always the star of my movies. In a red shirt. In a red shirt. He would wear. He wore a red flannel shirt in my one movie called The Mover, and uh-huh. I raided his closet for one short film that I made, and there was a lot of red in his. He was a wannabe cowboy, and uh, in that movie called uh, The Ghost Wrangler, there was a lot of red in it, and that was his shirt. So uh, he might have a uh, or had uh, a fascination with red, you know. And what about cigars? I keep on smelling cigar smoke. Is that did he smoke cigars? He loved the cigar. He made me smoke cigars, uh, and I I don't like smoking anything because it's it's disgusting. But I wanted to bond with him, so I would smoke a cigar with the old man. You know, it was pretty cool. And what so about? There's, there's, what about, like, I'm either picking up a fascination with either um, motorcycles or cars or something like that? Um, you know, he wasn't much of a a vehicle. Uh, or, you know, he had he had a red car, but, I mean, he didn't really, I don't think really he cared no. about it. Uh, you know, my, my brother is more the, the red car enthusiast. Uh, if what, you will. What's your brother's first name? Is his name Tom, Tom as, well? as well? Crazy enough. He's oh, a bingo. He's a, That's a it. That's it. Yeah. Um, There's a connection. Why am I feeling some sort of like um, unresolved stuff with you and him? What's going on with the two of you? Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a weirdness, uh, me and my brother. Uh, but recently, I would say we patched it up. But we Good. did have a weirdness. There was me and him have never fought before. But we had a moment where me and him were kind of off, and it wasn't normal. And he's uh, – my brother's 15 years older than me, you know, and he was always like – he kind of took the place as Papa Bear uh, when, you know, Dad wasn't around because I don't get visitation rights, you know, uh, every once a week. So the bro became the Mr. Uh, advice Man, if you will. All right. Well, sorry for the interruption. I would just – all this stuff started to come through. Um, that's all. I mean, I could feel I'm sort of – um, you know, giving you, did he do like a thumbs up kind of thing with you? Cause he's giving you a big thumbs up and I, thumbs feel, up. Um, and I feel he's showing me great pride in you. So I don't see the anger. I don't see the disappointment. I just see pride. Wow. I mean, I'll take it because he was always about me. Uh, well, he was a wannabe showman as well. He would always do like plays and stuff. And he was the one who got me to go on stage, and he was uh, – any time I got to entertain, uh, he was always uh, front row for that. So uh, just being on this show, I'm sure he's pumped because uh, he loved when I was doing the radio. He loved every time I was doing comedy and going on stage. So 
he was basically at just about all the comedy shows. So uh, it's it was me and him. We were always the entertainers of the family, if you will. Oh, but that's why he's here for your first show with us. That's why I he know. Wow, look it. at him. Yeah. I know, and I had to bury him a cool. little bit and say he was a dirty dog. But, you know, I think for the show, he would have to recognize <laughs> that, hey, this this is this is how you make a good show, tell the truth, you know. And unfortunately, uh, he's a part of that, and he's going to have to deal with it. So, Well, that's his karma. That's something he will have to deal that's with. That's your karma. If he cheated on your mom, then Mad I'm times, sure he... Jim, verify this is real. This is karma. Well, he's going to in a future chance. in a future lifetime. He's going to be on the other end of that. Oh, so he's going to get the wrath. All right. Yeah. What? Well, when does he? When does he like uh, get? You know, shot back. You know. Well, this how is long do you have to I wait till you? About. Right. This is something mm-hmm. I want to talk about because there was something that I saw, um, and I don't really know what what they are, and I don't know if you know, Jim, but in Buddhism, there's something called the Four Noble Truths. Uh-huh. Do you know sure. what they are? Cause oh, let me I, see if I can. Somebody had told me that that's how you change your karma, and I'm going to look it up right now and see what they are, mm-hmm. because I don't know what it is. But I die. Do how long do I have to come back and be remade? Is he already remade? Is my dad somebody else already? In two years, the truth, the truth of the cause of suffering. You know who he is. When did, did he die? Before your son was born. I'm giving you the four. No, truth. my son was born. But oh, yeah, no, he couldn't. Yeah, because he was in the hospital, he couldn't come and visit him. And you know, I didn't know how bad he was because he would tell me that you know he's just he's not feeling too well. And I was like, well, you know, you should probably come and see your grandson. And he's like, I really, I, I can't go. He didn't want to tell me how bad he was. And, you know, he wouldn't, he didn't, well, he couldn't, he was at the hospital, but he didn't tell me just, you know, I'm a hypochondriac. So he was trying to kind of pamper me a little bit and saying like, I just can't make it, even though he really couldn't move enough to even come to, uh, you know, see, and we had to bring my son to the hospital, but, uh, yeah, no. So, you know, my dad isn't my son, which would be weird, but if that was a question. Um, I was just curious because typically we reincarnate in sort of like soul families. So I would expect him to come back in your family if you have another child. That would be weird. Well, you don't know it's your dad and it ends up being well, you like. you would tell me though. Yes, of course. But well, then I would <laughs> but be like, until yeah, that moment, go to bed, you know. It's, it's, it's you, you wouldn't call him Papa Bear. You would just. You know, think of him Papa as your son. son. He could come back as a girl. We're not always the same sex when we come back. I mean, each dad. one That's of us. Weirder. My dad is my daughter. <laughs> then I'm not going to tell you if I know. Yeah, that yeah, he, yeah. We that can't have that. One. I don't want my daughter to be my dad. That's weird. Well, you well, especially it, it might be. Oh my god. There's certain karma there, anyhow. Um, if I ever I have did... a, another kid, it might be my dad as my daughter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, should, should, weird should we take a call at this point? I will take um, a call because hopefully uh, people, maybe their uh, dads or their daughters, you know, because <laughs> this, that'll blow the show right up. Um, we have, you know, a lot of people, there's new callers. I mean, do you want to just grab bag it? I mean, 
I well, haven't been you, able to. You, you, you screen, did you screen people or what? I did, but people have swapped out, you know. So I got, I oh, got new people. Oh, we have people here? Do you want to just grab bag it and just see what's going no, on? Let's be friendly. <laughs> I'm not that friendly. I'll tell you what, you go and, you go and screen, good. Ryan, you go and screen them, and I'll tell Jill what the four noble truths are. All right, that's okay, the deal. You, you do that, and I'm going to talk to okay. the people. The Four Noble Truths. The first truth, the first truth is suffering, uh, and that is, that means that every every sentient being, every living Hello? being, goes through suffering. That's, hi, Ryan. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. No, you you have to hit the I can screen hear on. You. I'm screening somebody else. No, you're not. <laughs> What's going on? I hit the button. I'm green. You have to do them too. You and them. I am them. Who are you trying oh. to screen? Uh, no, I hear people. No, well, that, you're doing it wrong. Let me, I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll you do it. do it. Okay, just in case. Jim, what's going on here, man? There's some weirdness. Don't, don't hit the buttons. Let Jill do it. Jim? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I don't know. Oh, she's doing it. I can't do what she does. Yeah. It. Um, so you, if you're both green, there you go. Right. All right. So tell, <laughs> talk to me about the Four Noble. It's Ryan is new. This is his first show. So guys, yeah, he's learning. So That's okay. So talk to me about these Four Noble Truths. Okay. The first truth is the truth of suffering, that all sentient beings suffer. And that, that means even viruses all the way up to, you know, God's. So uh, uh, every every being goes through the process of suffering at some point in life. Uh, so is, is a what, sorry. No, I was just going to say. So um, is suffering tied in with karma, or it's just like a separate entity in, within the, itself? The, the suffering is a res, is a reaction to karma. Okay. It's it's a reaction to karma. So. Uh, uh, the first truth is suffering. The second truth is there's a cause of suffering, and that is karma. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so the cause of suffering. The cause the of suffering, suffering is, is yes. karma. Right. Okay, so then what's the next noble truth? There's 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 an end to suffering. How does that happen? The eightfold noble path. The what? The eightfold noble path. Oh, so that means there's eight steps to stop suffering. Well, there's sort of it's it's there's eight major practices that that lead that that lead to uh, the end of suffering, and that's that's kind of the beginning of of the of of you know when when you start saying well what are those things that that's that's when a teacher takes you starts to take you on the path to enlightenment. So that's that's the whole point behind the. The idea is to to teach you that uh, that this is this is the way out. Okay. That's what I'm very curious about is the way out. I mean, if there's a way in, you know, I'm glad to hear there's a way out. So, what is the uh-huh. fourth noble truth? The eightfold path of that is the there, oh. there's an end to suffering and there's a path to the end of suffering and that's what the eightfold noble path is is the, the pathway to the oh. end of suffering. 
I kind of like would like to know more about this. I think at some point we should do a show on okay. these noble truths. I think that's very interesting. But all right, that's good to know that from a Buddhist person, or uh, is this Buddhist or Hindu? This is Buddhist. All right. So, so uh, here's, what the, here's what the eight. Here's what the eight paths are. I had to look it up because I can't remember. I, Hello? It's not part of my, my tradition. Hang on, Ryan. Uh, right oh. view, Oops. having a right view, having a right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right conversa- concentration, and right mindfulness or meditation. Um, okay. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of rights. Oh, my God. That's, that's a lifetime that, practice. I was just going to say that. That takes a lifetime to build that skill. And it so is. It's it actually takes more than just one. Yeah, you can take thousands. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that's why they came up with shorter versions, quicker versions called uh, tantric versions, which makes which makes it a lot less time. Oh, so that's just based on is that the same thing as the tantra stuff yes. that was so yes. big and so that's all energy work. No. And oh, that's, no, no, it's sexual it's, energy. That's. <laughs> That's another show in itself. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that Tantra or something? The Tantra is a is a, a a group of teachings that are exist in, in Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, which are real big shortcuts to uh, to uh, achieving great things. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And all right, well that that I want to do a show on at some point because okay. I think that's what we need to teach is. You know, not that, you know, people don't want to invest in, you know, 5,000 lifetimes to get there. But if we could do it in one (laughs) lifetime or this lifetime, I think that would be beneficial to share with people. So so that certainly will be good. So while we're waiting for Ryan, I just want to talk a little bit. Oh, you're back. All right. So do we have some callers that are interesting that you want us to start talking to? We got a gem, okay. Uh, she believes she's a reincarnated, like, second aunt. What? How is that possible? What? She thinks, I'm going to bring her on. All right, what's her name? She's going to tell you because okay. I talk to everybody and all their names are getting bunched up. But she's fantastic. I got her going. Okay. She's going to tell you what's going on, and you guys need to tell her if it's real deal or not. I wish I could help her, but I have no idea. But I am super <laughs> pumped to hear what is going on. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's hear. It. All right. Put her on the air. Could you? I don't Hello. know which one it is. Hello. Oh, I got her. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Lady Hi. Fontaine. What is your name? Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you want to After tell, us tell a her bit? what you told me, and she will take it from there. Okay. Um, I believe I'm the reincarnated spirit of my great aunt. Um, what is your great aunt's um, first name? Also, Catherine, but here's the thing that my aunt um, was on my mother's side, mm-hmm. but it was. My I'm named after my grandmother on my father's side, so it's like I already feel that something like a, a destiny with the name and of itself. Um, 
and she had there's this myth about her. She she passed when she was um, 17, and in like the 1940s, late 30s in that area, mm-hmm. and she passed from I think it was Spanish fever, and the thing was um, the legend about her is that she was um, getting better, and her her sister and her mother were sick. Um, and she was getting better. And she heard, somebody heard her pray and say, please, my, my dad will be alone and my, my sister will be alone if my mom dies. Please take me instead of my mom. Mm-hmm. And the next day, wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happened. She got worse and passed and her mom and sister lived. Wow, I have the chills. Um, Me too. Yeah, I'm really zooming in on on her energy. Um, I mean, that's such a selfless act, you know, especially for a young girl um, to even have that wherewithal to even, you know, and and I feel the words that you spoke um, were so profoundly truth. You know, it wasn't her just saying it, you know, because she was guilty or something like that. That was, you know, true love. You know, we were talking earlier about that true universal love. And that truly is what it feels like. As far as you being the reincarnation of her, um, there definitely feels to me that there is a um, soul link with you guys. Um, I'm not getting I'm not saying you're not. But what I am saying is I'm not getting the validation from my guides that you are, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, sometimes my guides don't give me information because you're not ready to hear it. And I kind of feel if indeed you are um, the reincarnation of this person, it's part of your journey. And it's almost like, you know, if I start telling you a bunch of information about it, I'm robbing you of that whole experience in the journey. What my guides are saying to me is um, they're, they're telling me um, it's almost like you're doing research or you're exploring it. And I don't know if you're doing that, actually researching it, like, you know, um, ancestry type stuff, or if you're actually just delving into the energy. But whichever way you're doing it, you're right on target in doing it. And I do feel, one thing I do feel very, very strongly, which for me, usually indicates soulmates is your energies overlap and they overlap beautifully. I mean, they really do. I mean, if, if they're, if they're like what I would call, um, if this was a relationship, I would say you guys are meant for each other. You know, it's that kind of perfect fit in energy. So it could ultimately be that you are the reincarnation of her, um, how do you feel about it, though? Because those are big shoes to step into. And are are you doing something, um, you know, um, I don't know. It feels to me that there's a special purpose in your life that somehow ties in with your great aunt. And are you indeed, go, you know, sort of walking in those footsteps? Um, I have been the caretaker for my father. Um, and I pretty much stopped everything um, to take care of him. 
and just like more so what like what you were saying about the dwelling into the energy of her it's you know yeah um maybe it could be that we're so alike um or even just a familial bond but i really i just because i never met her a picture doesn't even exist anymore of her wow i feel like i know her you know what i mean it's just that yeah that well, it resonates quote, with that, you, right? Yeah. And and the way your energies overlap, it's it's almost astonishing to me that there's such a tremendous overlap, and yet my guides aren't confirming that you are indeed the reincarnation. I feel it's part of your journey to explore, um, you know, this connection you have with your great aunt. And you'll get the answers. I feel you're going to get them very clearly in your life. And I believe that you know you are, and I would say trust that. Okay. Well, Jim, do you have any comments on well, on what she said? I, I wanted to ask you, Catherine, uh, uh, do you have any, aside from, you know, just your, your, your inner feeling, is there any other evidence? Is there, like, birthmarks or some, you know, somebody said, geez, you just like her or, you know, is there anything objective that you can. That's the hard thing. Everybody like my mom never met her. Mm -hmm. Like there it's, you know, like she's alive in in my heart. um, Uh I think there's really nobody around that even knew her. My most mm-hmm. interesting birthmark is one that I share with my mom. That's the only um, birthmark. I see. That, yeah, but you don't know that she didn't have that same birthmark. That's right. You know, that could be something that's been yeah. passed on. Because um, yeah. even when you said that, I got the chills. So I kind of feel wow. that. And um, do you have any idea of the color of her hair? I mean, I know you said you don't have any pictures, but for some reason it almost looks like, to me, um, like I'm seeing auburn, like tints in in her hair. Do you have any idea of the color wow. of her hair? Um, I mean, my my mom's side of the family are all predominantly um, uh, dark-haired women, but it's funny mm-hmm. you're mentioning, you're describing my hair. Like dark oh, a lot wow. of that. Oh, like with the chills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's our answer. That really is the validation. Because <laughs> I felt I was picking up your great aunt, and in essence, it's you. Oh, I keep on getting the chills. So yeah. that is the answer. So um, without a doubt, I I thank you for sharing your story. I mean, is there anything in particular you wanted to ask us? Before we go, for um, career, career-wise, may I ask a psychic question? Sure, go ahead. You are breaking Thanks. up a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was on speakerphone. Is that better? Yeah. Um, a little. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, career-wise, if I have a, a project um, with a woman um, whose first name begins with the letter S. And um, one with a male whose um, first name begins with the letter N. If you could tell me if um, they're good partners, if it'll, if either project will be successful, any anything around that. 
Really um, certainly, certainly the woman with the uh, first name with the initial F um, is F resonating. Like Sam. Sam, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, certainly oh. resonates very, very strongly with me. Um, and there's, um, I'm listening to my guides right now. They're saying that there, there's greater opportunities than what this, this particular opportunity is. So I don't know if she has her own business or if she's expanding on something or if this is a job with, you know, a, a corporation or a business or something. Um, it has the potential to be larger than what you start with. It actually has the feeling of being almost like a partnership or a ground floor opportunity for you. And it also shows me the potential within a couple of years. I keep on seeing a three, so I would say within a three-year period of um, expanding into areas that you can't even imagine right now. I mean, they feel so far off from what this opportunity is, but something's going to shift the energy somewhere along the way or the direction of this S person. And it's going to open a big door for her. And I feel you're going to be in the right place at the right time. As far as the end opportunity, that one feels a little bit more mundane to me. Um, and it's coming to a lot more neutral. So I would say if the opportunity arises, it doesn't feel like it's the end all opportunity for you. Um, but it certainly feels okay, there's nothing that, you know, is saying danger, danger, or anything like that. I also feel another opportunity, and I don't know if, if it even has uh, manifested itself for you yet or not, because I'm seeing it more towards the end of this year and the beginning of next year, um, that, and I know you said right now you gave everything up to take care of your dad, but this has a feeling, um, it has two feelings for me. One, and I don't know if I'm picking up some of the energy on these other opportunities, but one, one of the feelings feels global and the other feeling feels almost in the entertainment business or something. It feels very creative yeah. and fancy. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah. so it big doors feel like they're about to open for you. Right now, what I'm seeing is towards the end of this year into the beginning of next year. Um, so is it a, is it a project? Is it a film? What is it that your that this S opportunity actually is? Yes, a film. Mm. Hmm. It does certainly have the potential of clicking for you and being something bigger. It probably will end up getting some sort of, um, you know, global or worldwide notoriety and can really propel you nicely and doors that you didn't even imagine were open might very well open for you that doesn't feel right away because i keep on getting that three-year sort of cycle for you before this big expansion happens but it certainly feels to me that it's in the future for you oh wow oh thank so, you oh you're very welcome good luck and keep us posted on this it sounds exciting I will. Thank you so much, and a wonderful, wonderful show. Thank you. You all are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank all right. you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. So, Ryan, who else do we have yes. on 
oh, on the lot. Snap. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been screening some calls, man. We got the calls flowing in, and I love it. Uh, we got a call from a gentleman named Bill who's got a question about karma, and apparently he's got uh, a question about his mom. If Lady Fontaine can, uh, you know, uh, answer. I said, Bill, maybe she can help you out. Let's see, Bill, you're on the phone. You got uh, the human textbook, Jim, and you got Lady Fontaine who can read it all. Uh, Bill, are you there? Hello. Yes, Bill. Bill. Hello, Bill. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah. Yes. yes. Hi. Hi. How are I'm you? I'm sorry. Good. I I'm calling about karma. I guess about if my mom is what my mom died, and I I just. I don't I I don't know if she knows that I loved her and I I don't know if you can if uh, if you can speak to my mom or what that I I'd be happy to do that it's a little bit different than a karma question but I'd be yeah, happy we're to about do that. karma but what is her first name Ellen Ellen and when did she die She died um it was 6 months ago Okay. All right. Let me zoom in on her energy. All right. She's actually here with me right now. Um, First of all, um, she's showing me a great big, a huge heart. I mean, a huge, huge heart. And, you know, she's giving me that like crossed arm lovey feeling So there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that she knew that you loved her regardless. She's saying regardless of um, the word she's using to me is some sort of um, strife between the two of you. So I don't know if there was distance or if there was, um, you know, an argument or something like that, but she actually is telling me that she very much um, had that, that gift. And I think she's referring to being psychic or being intuitive. And I think she Except knew she your was heart. Psychic? Yes. That, well, I would say intuitive. I don't know if she was an actual right. psychic, but she certainly had that intuitive right. feeling. Um, and she knew your heart, she's saying, and that's what she's, that's what she's feeling. And that's what she holds on to. All the other stuff she's saying to me is incidental and doesn't matter. And she wants you to put it aside and not hold on to it because she's telling me that you are holding on to it. And it's really putting you into this tiny little shell and isolating you from people and opportunities and happiness and joy. And she wants you to have all that. She's not mad. She's not angry. She loves you. Um, And she's telling me, um, was there a favorite song that she has that you're playing on some regular basis or when you hear it, you think of her um, because she's showing she's sort of playing music or something or did she play music? She's somehow showing she did. music and, and she, did. she was a, she was a piano teacher. Ah, and there's something about, um, are you listening to music like that? Or when you hear a piano, because I'm seeing tears from you, but she wants them to be tears of joy. She's saying in in the beautiful sounds, in the beautiful music is love, and she sends that to you. So whatever happened in real life between the two of you, she is not holding on to. 
she loves you, she's with you, but she wants you to get out of this little shell that you're in. So have you sort of put yourself into this tiny little box of isolation in I, a way? I, I yeah, I kind of have. I have I haven't really been out much in the la- you know since she passed. I mean, I've you um, know I've, I've gone to work. I've done what I had to do, but beyond that. Um, you know, obviously it's your life and you can make whatever choices you want to make, but you have your mother's love and support. And she's actually saying something that she said is going to be meaningful to you, and that's about walking the walk and walking beside you. So I don't know if there's if she had an expression about walking beside you or if that means something to you special, but um, she's she's there and she's taking each step with you. And she wants you to be happy and she wants you to expand and not, not keep yourself, you know, in this tight little box. Right. Yeah. We had uh, in the kitchen, we had a big poster. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I guess it's a poem or a parable called uh, Footprints. Of course. Oh, man. Yeah. uh, I got the chills. About walking on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That we had a, it was wow. yeah, like a big poster on the kitchen wall. She's applauding so that you made that connection. And she's there. She's taking every step with you. But she wants you to step outside of your box. And she really wants you to feel the joy and happiness. She said, if you listen to music, I don't know if there's tapes of music of your mom playing the piano, but if not, find yeah. you know music that's similar to what she did and immerse yourself in it. Just listen to it and feel it. And that's her love coming through to you. But she's available. She's saying to me, she's walking each step with you. You know, she's there. You, you know, actually she's telling me right now, she's touching your right, your hair on the right side. I don't know if you felt something or touching your head in some way. Do you feel anything on the right side of your head? I yeah, I do a little bit yeah. That's your mom. Yeah, like kind of right yeah, right over my right ear. That's your mom. So don't have any you know concerns or doubts or try not to about if she knew or didn't know. Whatever happens is you know water under the bridge. She doesn't hold on to it. She loves you. Okay, that's great to know. Right. Has she seen my dad? Has she talked to him? What is his first name? John. And he's on. He's passed over he, as well. He passed over. Yeah, five years ago. Um, was he having a problem with walking? Yeah. Well, he had. Uh, was he in a wheelchair? He had it. Yeah, he had he actually earlier on he had yeah hip replacements, but then he ended up yeah in a wheelchair. Um, uh, yeah, too. I mean I'm seeing him in a wheelchair, um, but he's he what he's showing me is him getting up from the wheelchair and running now. But he showed me that wheelchair, and oftentimes what my guides do is they give me signs and signals like that, just like I said with the footsteps with your mom and the music. So you know I'm picking up on them, and you know it's 
you know, it's truly a message from them. Um, your dad seems more focused on you right now than your mom, but I could see your mom in the distance. Um, oh, and your mom is giving me a thumbs up on it, saying that, um, you know, that they're, they're, they're together, but she says they're together on their own terms. So I'm not sure, you know, what that means. Does that mean anything to you? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they were divorced. I mean, they, when I it became an adult, we were, you know, we, we raised as a family, but after I was an adult, they got divorced. So, I mean, it was, they, I, you know, they still kind of had to have a relationship because of me, but they weren't together. And that's pretty much what she's showing me. It's on their terms, but you know, like your mom stepped out of the picture and let your dad come through and, um, you know, was he also, um, cause he's showing me a uniform. Was he in, either in the military or police officer or something like that? Did he have a uniform? He was, uh, yeah, well, he, it was interesting that she said the running because he was on, um, the track team and, and, you know, it grew when he was growing up. Oh, so I don't, so I don't know if it's a track type uniform, like a, it feels more like, you know, a military type or something like that. Right. Well, um, I mean, he was, he wasn't a career military. He was, he, you know, he did get drafted. He did do, um, you know, a tour in the, in the sixties tour mm. of Vietnam. Yeah. Um, but that was, yeah. But that again is just him giving me messages to give to you so that you know um, that I'm picking up on his energy. But, um, you know, again, he's focused more on you than, than your mom, but they're coexisting and they're fine, but they have their own stuff, you know, like, um, you know, your mom's doing what she needs to do and your dad is doing what he needs to do, but they're both there with you. And your dad says that you, you have felt that there are times that you actually sort of hear something or see something and you say, dad, or you talk to him. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Um, I mean, he, you know, when I'm there. alone, I... I He's I'm there sorry, and what he's was hearing that? it, Bill. He's he's there and he's hearing it. That's great. So so your parents are both there, they they're coexisting wonderfully, but their main focus is you. Okay, that's that's great. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, right. Jim, well, did you have anything you. you wanted to say before we go, Jim? Oh, no. I, you've, no. you've, you've done great. I, I Nothing I can add to that. Okay. If you had a question, right. I'd be happy to field it for you, but, but it sounds like you've you got it. I know. I'm, I'm on tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're doing All right, great. Bill, you're, you're thank good. you. Thank you for your call. What's that? Bill, you're Bill, good? thank you for your call. Okay. Thank you. All right. You take care. Everything? Yeah, no, I'm doing good tonight. <laughs> Some days I'm really I'm so cool. <laughs> I think she. Yeah, that's so badass. I mean, you just nailed it. All right. I mean, um, man, uh, what else can we talk about? I know there's someone uh, specifically uh, that the, the first caller that has, uh, you know, been on hold for a hot minute. 
Uh, she wanted her uh, special reading. What you know, we can take that at the end if you like. Uh, well, there's a lot of callers on tonight. Was, there's probably I know, now there's four, so many callers. But I mean, I feel bad for the one who called like before even the show started. You know. All right, we'll put that person on. What the, what's that person? We're gonna put her on. All right, all right, because she's yeah, like, such an angel. Yeah, she's an angel. Yeah, put her on. Put her on. Uh, Angel, are you there? Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going to nickname you Angel. Angel. Uh, My name is Keisha. Yeah. Keisha. Keisha. Hashtag Angel because you were shot down from heaven. Oh, so sweet. So, so how can we help you tonight? What's going on? We're here to help you. We're here to help. Okay. Well, I was thinking about, well, no, well, I'm in a position where I have to move. So I was wondering, do you see me moving in the next week? I mean, moving to an actual property, not into a shelter or some other transient type of situation. In the next week. Wow. All right. Let Mm -hmm. me look and see if I see doors opening for you. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm looking, so I want to give you as clear of an answer as I can. Um, If you didn't say to me uh, in the next week, I would say I see something opening for you. To me, it feels like um, I'm seeing like between the 6th and 15th of December, um, which I know isn't exactly what you want to hear, but it does feel Mm -hmm. to me in the meantime, short term, um, that there, I don't know if it was going to be a friend or a family member or person. I mean, it doesn't feel like you're going to be in a shelter. It feels like there's, you know, you're going to be in a safe, warm, comfortable place. So my gut feeling is that um, the right opportunity for you, you know, house, apartment, whatever it is that you're looking for, mm-hmm. is going to be manifesting itself in the next few weeks. But I do feel within the course between now and, you know, next Thursday, mm-hmm. um, some opportunity, some person or something is going to open up for you that you have a place to go. Um, and it does not feel like a shelter. Okay. So, so you, you do you actually you, think I'm going to stay here then? Do you think I'm going to stay here then? Um mm-hmm. I'm not getting validation on that from my guides. So is it mm-hmm. you that wants to move or are you being pushed out to move? Um, no, it's me really that wants to move. Oh, well, if you, if you have the leeway to stay put, then stay put um, and wait mm-hmm. until this opportunity comes up in the, the, between the beginning and the middle of December. Um, because I mm-hmm. feel like, there's going to be something really nice that's suitable for you. Um, but mm-hmm. in that in that next week, um, I don't feel a lot. Are you actively even looking? I mean, I feel a casual looking. I don't feel a real oomph when you look. <laughs> so are you even no, looking Yeah, I'm just like, you yeah. know, I am looking, but it's like you said, it's, it's kind of, you're right. I'm just looking where I want to go. And, um, trying to see even though I do I, I don't know I might I don't know he might want to kick me out tomorrow I don't know but uh it's up to him but um but I don't even I'm just kind of wondering even if in that event what you know where would I go 
you know. There is so. be an op- well, I think you should, you know, really um, broaden your search so that you know what you're doing. Um, but I mm-hmm. think the bigger question you probably should be answering is, um, is this he person going to throw you out? Mm. I don't know. Um, but we'll see well, tomorrow. So Right. Clearly, <laughs> if you don't want to know that, that answer, I'm not giving it. So, <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, what's the answer? What do you feel? Is he going to throw me out? I don't know. Well, if what, I is stay here a couple more weeks. what is the person's first name? Uh, Doug. Um, my guides are saying no, he's not. Um, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think you should position yourself as best as you could so you have options uh-huh. and do it a little bit more seriously than you're doing it. But um, I'm not feeling he's going to push you out. Okay. Yeah, okay. So hopefully that will right. give you a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah, it does. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Um, So what about my karma? Do you see my karma on my life lifting up a little bit? Because I have a lot of heavy karma on me. I'm such a bad person. So I'm like kind of wondering, what do you think about it? How are you a bad bad person person. if I could jump in? I I feel bad. Because you don't sound like a bad person. I have a spider. I try not to be. I feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel How you're a bad person to, to say that about yourself. I feel you're 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 being challenged. And if you heard what I read earlier um, from mm-hmm. that Heaven and Earth movie about, um, you know, life. If if it was all this rosy road, we would learn nothing and we would gain nothing. So the opportunity right. to have some of these challenges is the opportunity for you to look inward. And try to get mm-hmm. the gift and the lesson from these experiences. And when you do, I feel it sort of transforms the, um, transmutes the energy into something different. And, you know, that could help you get out of some of the mess that you're in. But I think Jim's in mm-hmm. a better position to give some, some advice about how to change your karma. Okay. Jim? Okay, okay. well. The, well, what do you the, think? The, I mean, this guy the, ties into what we've been trying to figure out. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the trick to, to making good karma is is to is to do things to help the greatest number of people. So it's really I do develop- that, you know. Yeah, I you? try to. I, I got a lot of karma coins in in the bank. Yes, I do it a lot. Great. Good for you. But uh. That's yeah, that's so that's the way. And what the what the uh, tantric Buddhists what the what the the Buddhists do is they say prayers for all sentient beings. They just go with the wish that all every every breathing breathing and even the non breathing uh, beings in the in the universe will 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 find total happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Amen. You know, that's not just all the people on the planet or just a few people on the mm-hmm. planet. It's everything. And, and, and yeah. of course, it seems it seems enormous, and it's hard to wrap one's brain around that. But that's kind of the magnitude that we're talking about when you want to change the balance of the karma in your life. 
mm-hmm. but there's a nice another side to that is if you can start to try to to stand in that place where you're you're helping the greatest number of beings mm-hmm. what happens is your your actual energy changes and people start sensing that and sensing that you're a person who's really going to be uh, you know really really good and really really offering something wonderful to the planet and and people start wanting to be in your in your aura so this is mm-hmm. this is a this is the really great way to do that because as you start moving down that path it starts snowballing it starts picking up speed and and becoming mm-hmm. much bigger and and then suddenly you'll find that uh, that everything is actually working much better for you well, right. could I ask a question um, and interject sure. with yeah. that? Because I think this is pertinent. This isn't really for you. It's for, um, you know, for me and for everybody who's listening and for Keisha as well. But, um, you know, you're saying do these bigger things. Can you give us like an example of what the average person can do uh-huh. to and just give me like is it like you're saying pray for the world is it what kind of big things can we do to start shifting our energy and start bringing in some of that good karma well you remember we talked about gratitude earlier in the show yeah and and the idea of waking up every day and just starting your day off with thinking about people who've done nice things for you well uh this this would be uh, you know how can i be that person for everybody else and then how can I be that person for everything else that, that's, that, that could feel that and feel good, you know, for, so for, for dogs and cats and, and, you know, all kinds of different animals and, and, uh, and, and go as far as you want to go, even for the spiritual beings uh, or the ghosts or, or whatever, to, to be helpful in some way for all of these beings. Um, the Buddhists have, have uh, different trainings that they go through so that they can actually uh, uh, work on being those things for those people. And, and, and that, that makes it even more powerful. But just wanting to is, is big enough. So I would say start with wanting. And you can start with wanting to help one person. And then actually wanting to help 20 people and think of 20 people you'd want to help and uh, maybe even helping some people that uh, maybe you don't want to help. <laughs> can, can I interject? Can I interject? Don't yeah. want do it you want. because wanting is look up the word in any dictionary. It's lack of, mm-hmm. it draws in. If well, you want, you're always going to be on the outside. The, the the lack of word is actually an ancient English term, you know, the want of, and it means the means the lack of or the absence of. But wanting right. in modern English means the desire, um, and so so. And you're right that it would be much better if we could talk about action, uh, but I believe that wanting is the first step towards action. In other words, sensing the fact that there's something that you want to do is the first step you're going to take to actually doing it and that's that's well, let's say that's desiring the, let's say desiring because wanting to me I couldn't <laughs> because I know okay. from a spiritual perspective that when we want mm-hmm. something we keep it away from us because we're okay. not emerge, emerging immersing ourselves into that energy we're sort of looking at it from the outside rather than being in the inside okay. so I would then rather desire talk, it so even better let's intention it you know, I intend to do something like that. I like that. that. Keisha, that's your answer. Okay. We there got go. more callers. We got more calls, more answers that need to be told. All do right, we Keisha, dare. We just go to the next you. one. 
Thank you for your every call. Time people are like, I need answers. And I'm like, hold on. I feel bad saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one. And I was All like, right. dude, Lady right, Fontaine I, and Jim. I'm like, I can't right. help you. I wish I could. Trust me. We got a million callers on. So I, I don't know. know we got, I'm like, you got 25 minutes. And Jim knows everything. Lady Fontaine knows everything. I'm like, I don't okay, know we're anything. Gonna, we're going to do another show on karma. So come back. We are. Yes, we right. will. Because everyone's got questions. And I feel bad saying I don't know nothing. You know. So hold on one uh, second. They're coming in. Hold on. Both. Okay, I have, okay, I have a request. Uh, it, whoever's going to come on, when you come on, please turn off the speakerphone because it echoes and makes bad noises in my ears. If you could turn off your speakerphone. And do you have a question for Lady Fontaine and Jim? They know the answers. And I'm with it. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hi. Boom. Who am I speaking with? Laura. Laura, Laura hi. You got questions. You got answers. All right. What, what are your questions? What do you want to talk about? Uh, career path. I'm trying to find another job. My, I'm on a contract, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be. Up. It's going to be ending in January, and I started looking for work already. And I just need some stability for work, because I really want to move and purchase a house. But I I need the financial stability to do that. So. All right, I'm looking at your energy right now. All right. Um, there's actually two opportunities that I see out there. The problem is that second opportunity that feels so good for you isn't showing me a date. Um, the first opportunity that I see um, I do feel will sort of present itself either before the end of this year or the very early part of next year. Um, And it feels like an okay, it feels like a good opportunity. I mean, it feels for um, whatever reason, either, you know, similar kind of company or similar kinds of responsibilities um, that you're doing right now. This other job though, that I'm not getting from my guides, a detailed, um, idea of when it's going to present itself um, shows me what, just what you were asking for, that stability that, um, you know, it feels like a great salary. It feels like it's stable with a tremendous career opportunity for you to actually grow with the company. But my guides are being stingy right now and not really showing me the time frame. And when that happens, and when that happens, generally, that means that, you know, um, it means for you, it's an opportunity for you to um, remember this is about the journey, not the destination. So sort of be more mindful of you and this whole process that you're going through. But I'm going to tell you, um, I'm not seeing a, a gap, and if there is a gap, it would be a day or two. It's you know a very small gap um, from when your your contract actually ends and you're going to be starting a new job. So I do feel it's going to be a smooth transition for you, but um, you know I, I can't tell you don't take this first opportunity and wait for the second opportunity. I can't say that. 
but I'm just hoping that that second opportunity sort of presents itself to you, um, you know, kind of quickly so that you'll be able to sort of steer yourself in that direction because it fits you like a glove. I mean, it's almost like the job has your name on it. So, you know, sort of to, to round this out for you, um, you're going to find something, and I believe you're going to have more than one opportunity, and you're going to know on that second opportunity because it does have your name on it. And I do feel it's a good fit from a, you know, the culture of the company to the people you're going to be working with to the opportunity that it has for you. That first job feels very similar to what you're doing. So it could be there's a slight chance um, that it could be either another opportunity in the company you're with, or maybe they'll extend your contract a bit or something like that, because it feels so similar to what you're, to where you are and what you're doing. And if not, it's going to be, you know, basically the same job, but different faces and, you know, different building. Um, but, but that second opportunity is really the one for you. Uh, but it, like I said, I don't feel uh, any kind of tremendous gap that your contract is going to be ending and you're going to be sitting there going, what am I going to do now? I don't see that happening. So I kind of feel in the next couple of weeks, both of these opportunities will present themselves to you. Well, I had a phone interview yesterday with um, the agent. She's going to pass my resume on to the hiring manager, and that's a permanent position. And she said it could take anywhere two to three weeks. Is that in the company you're working at or a different company? That's a different company. Um, I would need some a name, a first name of who you spoke with, or I don't Ariel. really want you. I spoke with Ariel. Okay, that's a great name too. Um, this could be it. Could be um, that more that first opportunity that I'm mentioning to you, which feels. Um, very similar to what you're doing. Is that what they're describing the job, very similar to what you are doing right now? It is similar, but it would be a completely different industry, one mm. that I have worked for before. It's a pharmaceutical mm. industry. Well, that's piqued my interest in a way. Um, I, I first was just going to, you know, sort of, move on, but the energy keeps calling me back. Um, all right. This is what my guides are saying. Um, the opportunity, I feel there's more than one opportunity at this pharmaceutical company. And it's almost like I do feel you're going to have the opportunity to interview with them, but there may be another opportunity or the opportunity that they talk to you about um, may end up getting expanded in some way or changed in some way in a good way, um, you know, uh, after you are interviewing with them or, or however it ends up playing out. Um, I really did not expect to feel any of this that I'm feeling because when you first were talking about it, I was feeling nothing. But as soon as you said pharmaceutical, it did draw me in. But my guides keep showing me and keep saying to me there is another opportunity there. 
that, and that could be the second opportunity that I was feeling for you. You go in for this job and they say, gee, you know, you know, you'd be great at this job, but we've got something else we want to talk to you about. And if that indeed happens, I would say jump at that second opportunity because it feels good. It feels very, very good. Oh, that's great. Oh, good. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. Good luck and keep us posted. Let us know how things turn out. I just wanted to say that uh, Lady Fontaine used to be a contractor, so she knows her stuff. (laughs) I did. My career on Wall Street, I was a contractor. I think I only probably worked full time in 20 some odd years for, you know, a year here or there. Yeah. Um, but I had gaps. I had sometimes six month gaps in between. Oh, me too. You know, I, contracts. I had a year gap where I've been trying to recover from that. And so now I I've know. been working a whole year on this contract. It's about to end. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so scared. I've been so scared that I would have another major gap. I'm not feeling a major gap, but I also want you, if this opportunity clicks for you or doesn't, I really want you, you know, to really, you know, again, I'm not saying you're, you're not stepping it up because it feels like you are actively looking, but, um, you know, don't give up and really pursue this um, because there, if it's not, if you're not offered a, a different opportunity at this pharmaceutical company i mean if you you know if you're desperate or you know afraid then you know take the first opportunity you know i i think having some level of security is better than nothing but um this other job is going to present itself to you anyhow and you'll see you'll see how it ultimately goes but i i empathize with you because i know there's there's um a lot of pros and there's some cons in being a contractor. And back in my day when I was contracting, we really made a lot of money. I don't think that nowadays, I don't really know what you guys make, but I know after 9-11, you know, uh, some of the contracting jobs that I was offered, you know, were a fraction of what they were before. So I don't know if it's changed at all. But um, I'm not feeling a big gap for you. Like I said, to me, it almost feels like you leave your, you know, where you are today. You leave that on a Friday and you start your new job on Monday. And if there is a gap, it's a week or two. It does not feel like anything significant. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. You take care and good luck. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Zing. I don't know how you do it. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't know how you do it. Well, my specialty is reading energy. I mean, you know, the the. I want to talk for a minute before we take any other calls. Um, no, I. Well, yeah, that that that'd be the last call. I was trying to read energy myself. All I could see was like in my head was balloons, and I don't think if I said I see balloons, that would that would mean anything. And I think I saw you better than me. <laughs> I saw a balloon. That's all I saw was just like a green balloon and a red balloon and a blue balloon. That's all I saw. And if I said, I'm I'm looking into your, you know, your job quest, I see balloons. That's all I saw. And I don't think that would help her out. Well, I get coins and feathers a lot, a lot. Feathers and coins. In real, that you actually, you see them or that you. um, No, I get them and you get them, you find them. Real 
they oh yeah i if i'm having a um a difficult day or i'm down or discouraged about something i will always find coins and i will feathers have fallen in front of me feathers have shown up inside of desk drawers they've shown up all over the place i, I mean that's kind of wild on. when that happens yeah and i think that that those are messages from the universe and those things should give you hope i mean if you're finding coins all over the place that to me is a clear indication that the universe is bringing prosperity and abundance to you and the feathers, I've, well, I, I kind of feel you have your own feeling as far as what the feathers mean, but I do feel, I, I, you know, I do feel it has a very angelic feeling. So either it is your guardian angel or some sort of connection that you have with someone in spirit that is sending you a very important and profound message. Absolutely. Oh man! So, yeah, uh, so, the skill level. I, I I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. I mean, that's well, that's I was trying so hard. I, I, just, to... I closed my mind and I was just like, let's. I'm gonna pretend to be Lady Fontaine. I was trying to be, you know, Mr. Fontaine. That's what I was trying to be. And I saw balloons. That's all I saw. And uh, apparently, not the same level. Well, let's see. I mean, Jim, do balloons mean anything to you? Well, there's a great book called What Color Is Your Balloon? No, it's What Color Is Your Parachute? Oh, my God. Maybe. Oh, my God. All right. You're blowing my mind, Jim. Why are you doing this? <laughs> You're going to keep me up all night, and I'm going to be like, what's going on with balloons? You know? <laughs> my well, son's birthday so... is in December. I don't want no balloons now because I see balloons. That's what it is. No, but maybe. See, oh, my God. You are so psychic. That's what it is. You're actually having a psychic premonition about the balloons that you're going to have at your son's birthday. There's too much psychic stuff. I can't handle it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my brain. <laughs> Why is my brain so weird, Jim? I don't know what's going on. So, Jill, well, what is it that you wanted to say? I want to hear it. Well, um, so I wanted to talk about for a minute. Um, my abilities as a psychic. So there's there's um, a lot of people out there who claim that they can give you the exact day and give you the exact time and tell you, you know, all this very specific stuff about when events are going to happen. And I think for people who have um, gone to psychics, I think that's the greatest area of um, – Inaccuracy. I don't really know what else what else to call it. Mm-hmm. I know for sure. me, when I know something is very close, I practically feel it like an inch from my face. And I'll I'll tell a client that you know this could happen as quickly as today. You know this is right uh-huh. in your future. And I said to a, a client I've had for a good ten years. I said to her just about a week ago you are going to meet somebody new in the next two weeks and it's going to change your life. And then I spoke to her on Sunday and she told me she met this guy and all this stuff. And, and even before she even told me who he was, I mean, she just said his name and I said, Oh my God, I've known you all these years and you ran probably, you know, 50 guys by me. And this is the first time I'm ever going to tell you this is your soulmate because it just felt it. 
And that one was right in my face. Usually, you know, something is out there. Sometimes my guides will say three to six months. Um, what most of my clients will tell you if they all called in and gave testimonials is that if you wait it out, um, um, I hate to say this, but I'm always right. And I'm sure there are certain times I'm not right, but um, I'm very confident in what I pick up. And, you know, Jim, I got to give you some credit with this. Do you remember all the years that we spent develop, really honing in on my psychic abilities? And, right. and I had to learn how to trust what I felt. There are times mm -hmm. that things come through when I'm doing a reading that I think to myself, oh, my God, if I mention it to this person, they're going to think I'm nuts. And mm -hmm. even like with the wheelchair, you know, I'm going, oh, God, you know, what if, what if they're trying to show me something else and it's not a wheelchair? But I said it. I trust that the information they're giving me is going to resonate in some way with the person that I'm talking to. The one thing that I don't give guarantees on, unless I'm very specific, is um, time, time frames. Um, with this last caller, I did feel that she was going to have a very smooth transition into her next job opportunity. I'm not seeing any significant gaps. So, you know, that's a good thing. Um, but I, I, I really want people to know what my specialty is. And what my specialty is, is reading energy. And I really read it very, very well. And I call myself an outcomes reader because there's a lot of things that can happen in between. And that's all due to free choice. And yes, the free choice could change the direction in a heartbeat of anything that I'm picking up. And that's why most predictions with any psychic end up not coming true because we all have free choice. You can, any psychic right. can only see from the window of today. So I have clients that will check with me today and check with me tomorrow and check with me the following day because they want to see if anything is changing. And, and, you know, I mean, free choice is part of the beauty of the life that we're living is that we do have free choice, but, um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I read, I do read energy well, and I do know that. And if people will just really take in what I say and give it the opportunity to happen, I know it will. So that's just my message and my technique in reading. And for those who do go to my website, you'll see that I do call myself an outcomes reader. And basically, um, I don't know how or why, but my guides often show me the end result. They might not show me what's going to happen in the middle because I believe that's all part of, you know, the journey. It's not always about the destination. And the journey is right. ours to live and ours to do with whatever we want to do with it. And there's one other thing I want to say, and then I'm going to give you guys a chance to, to comment on, on whatever I've said. But um, in all the years that I've been doing readings, and all the clients that I, I've read for, there have only been like a handful of times that I really feel something is destiny. Um, there are times it comes through that no matter what you do, this is your destiny, and it will play out that way. But 99% of the time, we have free choice. And what I find almost humorous sometimes is that people call me and they say, I'm in a relationship with Joe. Um, 
when do you think I'll leave them? Well, <laughs> hello, whenever you want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have that free choice. And then I yeah. have other clients who, you know, well, I need to lose 10 pounds. Um, do you think I'm going to do that? Well, you know, we all have that ability to decide to diet or go to a nutritionist or, you know, now there's all the DNA uh, tests that will tell you what foods are good to eat and what foods are not good to eat based on our body chemistry. So, you know, I, certain things um, that where we do have the, our own choices, I always encourage people, I can't make your, your choices for you. I could tell you if you go down this lane, you know, what I see. And, you know, there's always other lanes. And that's part of, I think, did we ever do a show on multiple, you know, multiple possibilities? Uh, and multiple no, probabilities? Um, no, that, but it's that's, actually, that's actually something that I do want to do a show on because, you know, um, that's part of the beauty of free choice. Yeah. And I believe, well, there's that whole theory of multidimensionality, anyhow, that we're not mm -hmm. just living this lifetime, we're living all lifetimes at the same time. Um, we're just sort of zooming in on one at a time. But do you guys have any comments on what I said? Um, my mind is blown. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that with uh, three minutes left on the clock. Uh, one hell of an episode couldn't have imagined it being any better than I assumed it was going to be. Uh, Jim uh, added everything that he could. You labeled everything that was, uh, man, every caller. I was just like, if you have a question, that's fine. And then everyone always said, and I have a little something extra for Lady Fontaine. And I was like, you can give it. You can give it. Just give it. And, <laughs> you know, if, if, she, if she allows it and she lets it enter her mind, She'll spit it, and you done did it. And I think everybody left happy today. And oh yeah, um, we had some yeah, very great callers. Can't wait for the next show. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, our next show. Um, well, let me ask you guys right here on the air. Do you think we've covered karma, or do you want to keep going with it? I well, want I more bet. karma. That's just me because I got questions. I got more examples yeah. that I want to be stamped. Okay. Uh, real karma or fake karma? Because I don't know. And I imagine that some of our listeners uh, over the, the period between this show and the next show will have questions that they want to bring. And so it would be fair to offer them another show to be able to handle that. Yeah, let's I don't think we've covered the topic karma. entirely. One more, if, I'm, if I could just beg it, and you, guys, and you guys can just say yes, that's what I want. I want one more on karma. Because I, okay. I I got more karma things, and I want I want you guys to just verify it for me. Well, what right. I would like to do with the next show then is I, I'm I'm intrigued with these four noble truths, and I, I'm try, still trying to understand when we're dealing with an onslaught of negative karma. I mean, you know, we have Keisha tonight who is dealing with you know some mm -hmm. some deep heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. And I want to be able to offer a solution and a way out. And I know we did. I know we did. But 
if there's like steps, you know, to me, that's real easy. If there's like a mm-hmm. step guide or something. So I'm going to do some research myself on this and okay. Jim, would you be able to as well? And maybe we sure. could sort of frame it in a way that, yeah, we'll do more discussion on karma, karma part two, but man, maybe we How do have a karma. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's going to be the title of the show. I love it. All right. You have 50 minutes. No, we have 50 seconds. 57 seconds? 50 seconds, I mean, yeah, 50 minutes. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) do you have any closing words? I think this was a great, great show. Ryan, I think you did a wonderful job, and we're happy to have you on board. I know. My closing words are OMG. Uh, I love every second of this. Uh, I'm with everybody who's listening to the show that I, I understand. I understand it now. I came in with questions. I got answers. And don't worry, for every single show, every question will be answered. If you have a question, call in. I will find an answer for you because most likely I'm on the same page as you. And uh, I cannot wait. The Lady Fontaine, Eye of the Future, with Jim Elkin, uh, with your host, Ryan Dolan. is going to be the greatest show ever made by man, and I stamp that. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Love it. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings and